Make, color, model, new, used, leased, or ready for purchase are all questions to discuss with your personal sales rep at Rorik Honda. Online sales are a full go, and the sales reps welcome any questions to enhance the car buying experience. The Rorik Advantage is also the biggest perk to any deal. As always, visit Rorik.com for all of your vehicle needs. And as always, we are at 24 Pearl Avenue, but we're in yellow. Yeah, we're always at Pearl Avenue. According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word jagoff is defined as a noun, which means a stupid, irritating, or... Here's how Pittsburghers define a word jagoff. When someone cuts you off on a parkway. Jagoff! Or someone scares the f*** out of you. Yeah, jagoff! Or it's a term of endearment. How you been, jagoff? This is Mark Madden. Hi, this is Larry Richard. This is Gamwell Bill. Hey, this is Kurt Angle. Hi, this is Rocky Blyer. Hey, it's Rick Sivak. Hi, this is Greg Brown. Hi, I'm Tyler Kennedy. This is Antonio Holmes. And this is the Jagoff Podcast. So this is the Jagoff Podcast. If you're listening for the very first time, you uh, you don't know, but we always say that we would like you to go to radio.com and subscribe to the podcast. We would like you to go to Apple iTunes and leave us a comment. We would appreciate that. And we just want you to just come back every week and email us, john at yajagoff.com or rachel at yajagoff.com, and tell us, like, if you want to be on the podcast or something, especially while we're in quarantine call-in mode. Quarantine, And if you have special guests that you think would be good guests, we appreciate it. So what was on the blog this week? So on our technical difficulty day, you were We kind of reposted just, just something about people who don't know how to get rid of their gloves. Right. Right. It's stupid. You don't need to throw your... Nobody wants to pick up your nasty yeah, gloves up off it. the ground. Right. But I was really smart to talk about the Mother's Day debacle on just another hangry Sunday. If your mom is a cheese muffin or whatever those things are, fan at what Red Lobster's, I yeah. don't even know what they are. But And why, who cares? Just yeah, don't go there. You should have made them yourself. Yeah. Your or mom go wants something you made. support local, bro. Right. Anyway, that was a shout out to Steve Fernald. <laughs> right. Uh, um, and also the coronavirus Jagoff Free, your underwear mask that got so many shares. People My, loved gotta it, tell, right? Yeah. I got to tell you, you, if you have not looked at the blog, go back and look at the, the guy who literally took his underwear off in the parking lot so that he could be mask compliant so and fun. put his dirty skivvies up over his head and was looking out the leg. Yeah. There you go. And then we talked about being in yellow. So yeah. Take some notes. <laughs> and we're obviously going to talk about the coronavirus and how it has affected the folks who we're talking to today because we have quite the podcast yet again. We trapped three more really good guests. Yeah, and we had uh, Clinton Clegg on our Facebook Live. And again, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you go backwards on the Facebook page and go look for the Facebook Live event with Bill Crawford and Marcus Cox and our current guest, Clinton Clegg, because you get to see him, not only just hear him, but we have him on the podcast. What because, a voice, yeah. Yeah, you're, he's a great, you know, here again, people like Clinton are used to gathering crowds and to, to perform and they can't do that. So we have him here and you know, he's, he's struggling through it, but he's making something positive out of it. And will he have a baby at the end of this nine months? No. Mm-hmm. Oh. You will find okay. out. All right. All right. Let's find out. And then we're super excited to welcome back Doug Durda. Feels like forever since we've talked to him. He got a new job. He's super important because he's balancing this 
job as well as his four-year milestone with Yin's Love Barbecue. I always talk I about you. I had no you. idea it was that long. I always talk about you juggling. You're like uh, Elton John Elton with John. F- seven different keyboards going on. And, they'd, and Doug Durda would be that same guy. Yeah, he even has to cook for his kids. But listen, our powerhouse guest, I mean, how excited were you, right, to hear that we were going to talk to this dude? He's a, And he's a super good guy. And we thought, why not have him come back on as the restaurants are getting back up and running here. Right. And that is Paul Wahlberg from the Wahlbergers family. Yeah. And he's just such a genuine guy. We're so lucky to just know him, to be in his presence, right. even though we're not, to be on the phone with him. <laughs> so so that's the podcast this week, and we appreciate you. Again, make sure you go subscribe, and let's go ahead and get the Doug Durda from Yin's Love Barbecue. Doug. This is my friend Rach. Hi, Rach. <laughs> We're so glad. We feel like we haven't talked to you in a hundred years. I know, right? I haven't talked to too many people besides my kids and the action figures that I have here. <laughs> Wait, you're talking to action figures? Oh my God. Oh boy. You're really lonely. <laughs> well, I, I've got a Dalek here, a Doctor Who figure, a Wolverine, and some Back to the Future. So it gets pretty Oh, well, for sure. Who doesn't have Yeah, that? who would I want to know what those conversations are like. But uh, as we break into the conversation, this is the Doug Durda of Yin's the. Love Barbecue. And we should have some kind of sound effect button right now because... Like teaspoon should be like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> teaspoon <Yeah>. and napalm. <laughs> but you are celebrating, you're known for so many things, but you are celebrating four years of Yin's Love Barbecue website and social media, which is totally cool. I'm glad you reminded us because I can't believe, it seems like it's been forever that it's been going. I don't know that it's only four years, to be honest with you. It, it feels like it's been going forever, too. And then it... At some days, it feels like I just started with it because so many things keep changing. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. It's and I I've loved every minute of it. And this, the past few months have been crazier than I ever expected, especially with the you know with the pandemic and everything going on. Most of the businesses had to shift from hey we're a brick and mortar place to okay how are we going to do curbside pickup and takeout? Like this is it's completely changed the industry and who knows what it's going to look like here when we get back. And Doug, that's a perfect starting point because, you know, we have talked to people in the restaurant business. We've Ron Sofranco, um, you know, we've had him come on and talk to us about how the survival is even going to be. What is it like talking to these? Because let's face it, you know, in in the barbecue specifically industry, it's such a niche thing that there's got to be that like, how do we survive? Because it is such a unique entity. What what has that feel been like? Is it is it the good old Pittsburgh feel where everybody jumps in and says, how can we help from the the guys that i've talked to and, and i shouldn't just say guys but like all the businesses that i've spoken with so far that are are still open uh you know it's it's the usual pittsburgh let's get together and, and help the community out everyone rallies behind each other and while it's been difficult for a lot of the the shops to readjust their their business model uh places such as off the rails out in verona you know they started as a food truck as oakmont barbecue company so they, they kind of had, a, they probably had a better idea of how to make this adjustment than I think mm. most groups did. Uh, there's other places too, like Big Rigs out in Monroeville that is still going and they figured out the system for people to come in, place your order online, come in, pick it up and 
you know, kind of get out, you know, get out of the store. Yeah. <laughs> let's make it, let's, you know, in and out, treat them and street them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, Doug, just let's, let's back up a couple steps here yep. because if those, those of you who do not have never heard of Yin's Love Barbecue, the fact is you started this because you had this passionate, you love barbecue. And the fact is you weren't sure how much of it was really around Pittsburgh. And then you became kind of pleasantly uh, astounded that there were more places to get barbecue once you started to collect them. And now it's gone way above that, right? I never thought I would get obsessed with this. (laughs) And and the the reason why it started was uh, as I think uh, most of your listeners know, I used to host uh, Should I Drink That Craft Beer podcast. And we just had the 14th anniversary and, and that was starting to, you know, wind down a little bit. And the most popular question I had was, well, where do I go to eat? You obviously, obviously like to eat. I mean, I, it's, I'm no small guy. It's obvious that, uh, I like to eat and I like to drink. So they're like, well, where do you go? What's the best place to, to eat? And I thought about it, I'm like, well, you know, barbecue usually pairs best and that would usually come with it is, oh yeah. So, uh, beer barbecue, where do you go for barbecue? And I always had the same like, three or four places. So then I, I started talking to Bob Batts from the Post-Gazette. I said, Bob, you know a lot of the food writers. Uh, you yourself review food. Like, where do we have for barbecue? So I, I have a craving for it, too, now. And he said, you know what? I only have like three or four places. And we realized that between a, a group of us, we had the same joints. Like, there's got to be something more here. I know there is. I just I can't figure out where to find it. So – you know, being Bobby said, well, it's too bad somebody can't just come up with a directory for it, which is kind of like a little jab because I had a craft beer directory for all the breweries in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I said, you know what? That's a great idea. Let's let's make one. So I started looking at it. And in one weekend, I went from five places to about 25. Wow. And I was floored. I had no idea there were so many places around here. Mm-hmm. And currently, I, I want to say we're around 50. 50 to 55 within the the greater Pittsburgh area. So not just, you know, Pittsburgh in the north and the south. This is going out probably as far as uh, I want to say I go about Allegheny County and then go north up to about Zelenopole. Okay. Or so. Wow, that's a lot. Because I remember you telling us that before, that, you know, how much the growth was and how many you thought there might be and, and where it really was. The cool thing is there's so many mom and pop places around mm-hmm. here that a lot of people just don't know about. They know about the major chains. Like you're going to think Smoky Bones for major chains, but there, I, I'm still just stunned. I'm flabbergasted at how many barbecue places are around here and very few have closed, right. especially going with, with what's going on now. Wow. That's good to know because I wondered that. Yeah. It, it just, it grew into a passion. I'm like, well, I want to find more. And then as I started to get into the community and meet these guys and meet some of the teams, I was like, wow, this is, there's a real subculture in Pennsylvania that I never knew existed because who would think there's barbecue and especially in Western Pennsylvania, right? It's with our climate, you'd never think that this is going on. And then I, I met more, more of the teams and it just, it took off for me. And it's it's been one heck of a ride. I'm still just I'm amazed. <laughs> and I love it. I absolutely love it. Every day I get to talk to somebody about barbecue. I love that, too. And, you know, I think we might have asked you this before because you've been on the podcast quite a few times. But is there – we know Kansas City barbecue. We know Southern barbecue. Is there a Pittsburgh-style barbecue? And listen, Doug, because we know you're a listener. You know how we sort of compete with – oh, that was a really good question – 
I was so mad last night because he came up with that all on his own. I can't even try to pretend that I was part of that discuss- that question. So pre- please feel free to preface your answer with, John, that was, that was a, a great question. question. Yeah. John, that is a great question. And I'm not saying it because you're putting me on the spot either. That is a great question. And, and, and here's the reason I travel a lot for bar, like specifically for barbecue. I make barbecue runs. And one of the biggest questions I got uh, the last time I was down in Texas, which was, uh, this past November, I was down there for a barbecue fest that was like four days long for all the events going on. And as soon as people found out I was from Pittsburgh, they said, What's Pittsburgh barbecue? We want to know what's the scene like up there because they know about the site and it's my Instagram accounts. What is really taken off for me because of all the pictures I've posted of where I've eaten around Pittsburgh in the general area. So I, I would say, you know, it's, Pittsburgh barbecue is just, it's a mix of all of our cultures. It's not sweet. It's not um, just a vinegar. It's not Texas. It's not, it's not Carolinas. It's not Kansas City. It's a little bit of everything. We're we're a, cor- a cornucopia of barbecue that's around here. Word, Might be the like first it. time the word cornucopia has ever been used. Yeah, on that this was podcast. a really good word. Wonder who you're in competition Ooh. with. Sarah <laughs> <Yeah>. Wecht. That's <laughs> yeah. a Sarah Wecht level word for us. <laughs> well, and the cool thing with it is, with the influence of all the different cultures around Pittsburgh, is you'll get a little Polish influence, you get some Czech, you get some German, you get some Irish, you get Italian. People put their own spin on it, and when it comes down to it, it's still smoked meat with a Pittsburgh twist. Right. Yeah, that's true. Very, very and true. I, I've seen some guys, like there's uh, Drew out at Showcase, will do it over charcoal with his pits are out front. He grills it right there in front of you and says, this is it. We grill 365 around here. Well, and Hot, that's... Cold doesn't matter. I was just going to say that, that to you. Is there a barbecue season or no more? There's really not, right? Just like grilling season, which, you know, it in Pittsburgh could be year round at this point. So is it is there really a season at this point or no? Well, I say there's a season because there are several places that they have their pits outside and they because of the elements they can't handle year-round traffic. Okay. For they can't handle year-round cooks. I'll, there's other places too, such as or I'll say like big rigs because I've been out there recently. They have a smoker inside, and a lot of these places will have indoor smokers that vent out because they're built for the inside. Uh, so those guys can cook all year round. And then other ones such as, uh, there's like two brothers out in Presto. Oh God. They all yeah. Did, yeah. Their smokers are outside. They can't keep that thing going year mm-hmm. round. Now they would go through so much wood just to keep that, yeah. that smoke going. Yeah. Now this past winter excluded because this was the mildest winter I yeah. think that we've had <laughs> in the 20 years I've been in Pittsburgh. But other seasons or other years, you know, it's it's been negative degrees. There's no way you can run a, yeah. a barbecue business in that. Yeah. So I do say that there is a season because most of the guys start ramping up around mid to late April, and then April 1st is the kickoff for National Barbecue Month. Oh, okay. And that's when that's when it's like full steam ahead and everyone's going, except for this year where we've had you know circumstances mm-hmm. where that we couldn't really <laughs> yeah. kick off. Right. And then on on top of it, there's a meat shortage that's going on. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. What's the craziest type of meat you've ever smoked? Um, I haven't had to smoke anything myself that was too outlandish. Okay. But I I have a supply of of ribs and pork in my deep freeze. Okay. <laughs> right. Now, now the, the craziest thing I've eaten so far, uh, I've had I mean, I've had beef cheek. Oof. Uh, 
which was <laughs> excellent. It was so <laughs> Doug, I, I swear it. you do this it, on I purpose. This? You do, do it on purpose because you know I don't eat meat. <laughs> I can't. Well, if you that. if you want tofu, you can go over to Yinsburg. Yeah, over on Bomb Boulevard, and they'll they've got they'll hook you up with that. Okay, How about that. Right, well, but we're gonna I, make you try that. All right. So I, I had uh, beef cheek that was slow cooked and then put over cheese grits. Mm. And it was, oh, it was so good. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Now, take my word for it. Let me ask you this. Did, did I turn you on to burnt ends or no? Did you know about burnt ends before I I traveled to Kansas City on a regular basis? Yeah, I don't remember. I knew about burnt ends, but you were the first person in Pittsburgh that also said, I love burnt ends. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love them. It ranked right up there with crispy pepperoni pizza. Over it for me. Wow. Oh my and, god. Yeah. And yeah. I've so the, the the fun thing with my travels has been I've had brisket burn ends. I've had pork burn ends. I've had bacon burn ends. It's starting to become a universal oh, term for anything okay. that's like tube meat almost. Is that because John told you about it? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> well, once John talks about something, yeah. then everybody else knows about it. That's exactly yeah. right, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> You're exactly right. right. Oh, my God. Doug. But when I, I will say, whenever I, I see burn ends on a menu, though, I send John a message and you say, do. hey, I this place that. has yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I I, and I have gotten in none of them yet because obviously, but we have to, Ra- Rachel and I are planning a Brussels sprout tour at some point. Yeah, to you rate, could come, Doug. But we could do a burnt ends tour as well. That mm-hmm. would be awesome. Mm-mm. Well, they're starting to become more popular on menus around here, so that could very well happen. I love okay. it. I love it. So, if what we about- could do burn ends and Brussels sprouts, that would be great. Double I B. love sprouts. Yeah, B tour. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have to do that. Now, you talked about pairings when you were talking about um, the should I drink that stuff and barbecue mm-hmm. kind of meshing. But what about pairings? And, and I'm asking you this, and I remember asking you this two years ago. But there's got to be an update. As a mom, I'm sort of asking for a. Friend friend you know what are pairings because i have a carnivore as a, for a son and i have a hard time when he's not a big vegetable person on what do you pair with it what's that side you know thing that goes well with with something like a brisket or or something that you're barbecuing it's going to depend on when you're when you're smoking the meat what kind of if you're going to use sauces with it if it's a sweet sauce or if you're using like a vinegar sauce because you want to balance sweet and, and bitter uh, one of my favorite just go-tos though, which I hope they come out with it again this year, was the potato salad at Chipino's down in the strip. Mm. Really? That was one of the best potato salads I've had in Pittsburgh. Why? Is what it was man- it? Is it mayonnaise based or? It, they had, I have pictures of it on the site. I have to, okay. I'm going to have to look for it, it's especially after you mentioned it, like made me think of it now. Uh, it was the, he, I believe he was using the, the small red potatoes. And it's just the the creaminess, just everything he did with it was just he nailed the potatoes. That's the big thing. Mm, it, okay. it wasn't there wasn't a uh, he didn't have mustard in it. So you usually have like a mustard base or yeah. more of like a mayonnaise or a vinegar. It was just he just nailed it. OK. Wow. So potatoes. Chef RC like he's he was great with that. And then last year they didn't bring it back. And then this year they're I think they're doing it like once a week, maybe or once every few weeks. They do that. And I don't remember seeing potato salad, but I could be wrong. On that, all right. But uh, you can't go wrong with like a good mac and cheese too. Yeah. Do you like cheesy corn? Uh you know what? I like Mexican street corn. Okay. I, which right. I didn't think I would like at first when I saw it, 
And then I had that down in Texas. And I'm like, you guys put like mayonnaise and stuff on corn. That's genius. Of course I'll eat that. <laughs> no, and then they, they had it in bowls for us. And just the, the different ingredients that they would throw in was, I, I'm telling you, the, the trips I made to Texas have been life changing. And then to come back up here and, and share what I learned from those guys down there to get, kind of get the creative juices flowing with some of the, the places up here, they're like, wow, that's, that's a great idea. We should think about that. Like, come to Texas with me. This is great. <laughs> we need to find a Steeler bar that does barbecue. Yeah, and go there with you that. go. Yeah. Oh, we could find, we, in fact, we could find one in Dallas too. Oh my God. Wow. That's surprising. Because what better place yeah. for Pittsburgh burgers to go than Dallas? That, that is right, true. right behind enemy lines. I love it. Yeah. Which I believe got their name from somebody in Pittsburgh. Oh really? I have a, I have an article about that. I have to find it for you. We have to. If you do, send the link to us, and we'll put it in the show notes for sure. But not not that I have a subscription to Texas Monthly or anything. But I'll <laughs> <it later. laughs> Doug Durda, how do we even say like congratulations on celebrating this milestone? You've been so supportive of us. We just want to continue to see you, you know, embark on finding more and more barbecue places, and we will help you taste. Well, I won't. John will. <laughs> but we'll take you for Brussels sprouts. We'll take you for friends. Brussels sprouts anytime. And have you on you the agenda? You can thank me by coming out and having a meal with me. We'll we do, that. do that. We cannot wait. In yellow? Can we do it in yellow? In the yellow phase? I think we still have to do social distancing, but okay. with as much with as much food as we can get, mm-hmm. especially when the uh, last time I was out at Big Rigs, they have a family platter. That would be big enough to give us social distance between all of us anyway. Nice. So okay. We would, we're, we're, bringing, we're, in. we're bringing the Rennebeck Five. I was going to say my boys would love Our it. five team is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, if, we're bringing all, if we're bringing all the boys, we might have to let them know ahead of time so they can stock up on meat because I know that's uh, that's going to be something that they'll need to do. I'm I, sure. I've seen your boys. I know. <laughs> it's true. Everyone asks what my husband and I feed them. It's so true. Listen, you are one of our favorites. We love having you on. We have to have you on more often. That's not just something we say. Tell everybody where they can find you, and then I'll ask you the question of the day. Ooh, well, I like this. Uh, <laughs> you can find it at yinslovebbq.com, and then also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and there's also a Facebook group. It's yinslovebbq should be right across the board on on all those and for god's sake spell yins right it's not uns it's y-n-z y-i-n-z right l-o-v-e-b-b-q right so everybody spells a y-o-u-n's like you what's you in so anyways all right question of the day mad face on it's so angry you know it's it's because i'm not a native yinzer that i figured out how to spell before i didn't want to get beat up yeah that's right there you go Go eerie otters those eerie people yeah all right yeah guy from erie is a barbecue person go figure that one out who goes to texas on a regular basis I do. I love it. <laughs> I'm impressed. Okay. So obviously Allegheny County and Southwestern PA, we are finally in the yellow phase, yins guys. So to celebrate slowly, we're celebrating the color yellow. What is your favorite thing that is yellow? That's a favorite thing that's yellow? That's yeah. a good question, oh, wow. Rach. Yeah. I know. I, next, I uh, you know, all right. So next to my terrible towel, it would be uh, this off yellow autograph baseball that I have. Of the 1985 Pittsburgh Pirates. That's oh, answer. that's good. See, it doesn't take a lot. Sometimes you guys think mine are head scratchers, but no, then you have that a, answer. This has been a good question for yeah. sure. I also yeah. have an off-color Daryl Strawberry Ball that I don't know why my mom had it, but she said, I thought you might want this. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, there you go. It's yellow? I've got weird. I have weird. It's, well, it's off yellow now because it's from yeah, the it's, 80s. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and I'm sure there's probably like cigar smoke stains on it because it was Pittsburgh in the 80s. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone smoked at the Three Stadium. Oh, true story. Right. True story. Doug Durda, Yin's Love Barbecue, and the Should I Drink That. Uh, you still have the Facebook page and the, and the website and all that stuff about that as well. You still talk beer. Thank you very much for coming on the Jagoff Podcast again. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All things Pittsburgh and Wahlburgers and pandemic. Are you ready? Uh, no, no Steelers stuff, right? <laughs> oh God, are you kidding? Mm, okay, we're gonna. Yeah. Okay, you said all things Pittsburgh, and I was yeah. Well, yeah. not that. So we don't care. <laughs> this is the the secret voice of our friend, and we can say that because I think he'll admit to that. Maybe no. Paul Wahlberg <laughs> from the Wahlburgers restaurants, uh, two locations here in Pittsburgh, Robinson, the Mullet Robinson, and the Block out in the North Hills. So welcome kind of back to Pittsburgh, at least by phone, Paul. Well, everything is kind of at a distance. So, yes, I'm glad to be back in Pittsburgh. Ish. <laughs> yeah. And we were so lucky. Listen, everything hit so quickly. We really didn't even get a chance to talk to you after you won Entercom's Eat Drink Pittsburgh. I mean, you came in for it as a celeb judge-ish kind of person and represent the Wahlburger brand. And it turns out that it won the best taste for that evening, that everybody kept clamoring to come to the tent to get a taste of the burger. So kudos to you. Now, while it was, it's all about the team, you know, Joe's team did an awesome job and doing all the preparation, getting everything done. And it's about the execution because it's really hard in those cert- in those situations to really execute oh, yeah. at the, at the, at the really highest level. And I'll tell you, Joe and his team and, and at, at Wahlburgers just did an unbelievable job. And I was so proud and so proud to be part of it with them. Even Aww. if, so, even so if true. it was in Pittsburgh, <laughs> we're gonna get to that. In you a always have to. Yeah, we're get to that in a minute. Now, listen, Paul. This is really the first time you've really been on the podcast. Yeah. So let's back up a second because it's a different audience than the videos we've done and the radio we've done here with you in Pittsburgh. So talk about your your rise to being the chef in, in, in the family when you were younger. All you know, all your siblings. Were you the cook? growing up or what led to you becoming this master chef around the world um i don't know who you're talking about but (laughs) as as a child i i I started with the eating first and uh, okay i I, I could pack it away with the best of them but um as i was working you know as i was getting older like i had an interest in in cooking especially watching my parents cook because to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear with very humble ingredients was always amazing to me because yep. we weren't eating a lot of filet mignon and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And um, to really watch them just pull it all together. And it was funny, a couple of days ago, it was, um, can I timestamp? Yeah, okay, absolutely. So a couple of days ago, it, uh, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, it was National English Muffin Day. So for okay. that day, we shot a video of making English muffin pizzas, which is one of my fondest childhood oh memories. And so when you think about that type of food, growing up with that and that being such a staple in our lives, it was it was pretty amazing. But um, as I got older, I started working catering um, with some friends because it was really a, a place where my buddies worked and we got to hang out and work hard together and play some football and, and out front of the restaurant, you know, at late at night and drink some beer, which I don't want to talk about because I was underage. But um, okay. it was just that thing 
And then sure. I started working in restaurants from there and really fell in love with it. And there's an energy that you find in restaurants that you don't find in other in other businesses. That's that really so interesting true. you yeah. said it because just a few weeks ago we had this uh, Ron Safranco from Pittsburgh. He's well-known uh, restaurant advisor in the area, and he literally said that because we said you have to almost be as crazy as a person wanting to play goalie in hockey to want to start a restaurant because it's such – an odd business and it's a difficult business, but when you have the passion for it, you know, you have the passion for it. Yeah. The, once it gets, once it gets a hold of you, you're, you're all done because especially like line cooks in that energy of working in the kitchen and, and the preparation and getting everything done and, you know, and then the pressure of everything being perfect, everything being the same way, putting the same piece of food out a thousand times and having it exactly the same way with all these different variables that are thrown at you. And it's just sure. and it's insane. And especially now with everything that's going on, it's even become more insane. Well, and that's a great point. I was I was going to follow up with. We watched you in action again to reference the Eat Drink Pittsburgh event in February. You really are intense, and we took a step back. You know, we see you um, as like that front guy. You know, you're such a relatable person. But when you are in mode and things need executed, and again, you kept saying kudos to the team. They were getting it done, but there were just so many people that kept coming. You had no problem jumping in and saying, "Okay." Let's do this because you've done it a million times before. So I love the fact that you have no problem in all of your restaurants jumping in and doing it. Um, but we have to jump to what you're doing now, which is this initiative that is feeding some of the front liners. I mean, kudos to you. Were you part of that decision on what Wahlburgers wanted to do to kind of help all of these first responders? So um, we we're always always, always, always wanting to help front the, you know, any type of frontline type of people, um, you know, because, you know, we always want to give back because so many people helped us as we were growing up. And so when this, as the pandemic goes and everything, you know, we had done some small things, but Crescent Capital approached us and, you know, and they approached us with, and part of it, they know my brother Mark and my brother Mark wanted to got involved and, and all these different things, but they're, they're, they made the funding possible for it. And that's the thing because we're going out there, they're, we're doing the executing and that, but they're making it all happen because restaurants right now are down 80, 85% in a lot of places. And so a lot of these great groups, um, Crescent Capital, Frontline, places like that, that are, are providing funding for restaurants to feed the, the, the people, the front line of the pandemic battle. And so sure. it's, it's, it's a twofer when, when these, right. when these people are stepping up with, uh, and, and coming up with the funding. And a lot of people, when you think about all of the charity events that have been canceled, um, the golf tournaments for, to support the, the boys and girls club or the, the, the golf tournament for this, the, the big gala for that. Everything's been put on hold. There's not one person yeah. in this country has not been affected by what's going on. And so right. when we were approached with this, we were like in 100 percent because it's it's doing the right thing for for the people who are helping us get through this horrible situation. But, Paul, Good this point. isn't new. Being community oriented is not new for the Wahlburgers Corporation, because 
you guys, you've reflected in the past about your, you know, your, your meager uh, growing up and how you guys want to be involved in the community. And it's interesting that, you know, you are a corporate restaurant, so to speak, but how you ingrain yourselves in each city in, in like Pittsburgh to become a part of the actual fabric. And I know that's a cliche word, but you guys are really doing that when you're here in Pittsburgh. Well, that was the goal from the outset is to be part of the community because as the community, especially like when you're working with the kids and so the, the, the kids sports teams and things like that is you're supporting them as they grow up, they become more and more loyal customers. And so, and, and, and at the end of the day, we're all in life together. Right. And, and I know that's kind of a cliche thing. We're all, everybody's in it together. And so being part of the neighborhood, being part of the community, being a place that people can think of, you know, that's what you want to be because that's, it's, we're in the customer service business. Our job is to make people happy and however we do that and however we achieve that, that's our goal. That's a good point. Yeah. And as far as the community, I mean, what is it that you, I hate this too, it's another cliche, but what are you missing the most? Again, going back to, you love to be in the restaurants. You love to see the people who are coming in. Is it just the conversation? How are you kind of keeping sane throughout the pandemic, not being well, that would, in the community physically? That would require sanity beforehand, which I don't, well, this is true. I don't think was an option. Um, for me, it's, it, like I said, it's that energy and that, yeah. that feeling when you're in a mm-hmm. when you're in a restaurant and it's full and it's and it's jamming and everybody's everybody's on point everybody's doing their thing there's a feeling that just comes over you like of of pride and of of satisfaction of getting it done and putting out the fires and right now i just have different fires to put out mm-hmm. because you know sure, all, that's true. all of these businesses are in survival mode and so that's mm-hmm. what we're trying to do but what I really want out of it is to sit down in a restaurant either to eat myself, you know, with, with people that I care about or right. to, to go to a table and to see people that I know and people who've always been there supporting the restaurants and being part of our restaurant family and saying hello and making them happy exactly. and giving them that moment because in the restaurant business, you get to be part of people's special moments. Right. And so you get used to, it becomes commonplace that you're, you know, oh, we come here every year for our anniversary. We come here every year for our birthday. My kids love this place on Fridays. This is our Friday place. All of those things. That means there's a reason they come back. And if that doesn't exactly. bring pride to you, is it's like, it's, it's like having loyal listeners. When they say yeah. that, I right. listen all the time. We don't have any of those. Well, I, we I don't have any of those. Me and the guy, that some some guy over at the radio station, right? So it's the, the four of us, and I think there's dogs in the background. So maybe, maybe they're listening too. Maybe not. But it, uh, oh, you're too much. But it's that that thing where people appreciate what you do, and that helps yeah. drive yeah. the pride and satisfaction in what we try to do with our lives. That's a great point. Paul, you know, you're, we need to let you know this, and this is a short soapbox commentary. We need to let you know that your pride and your feeling of being a part of the community, it is 
extrapolating, if you can, transitioning to the staff. We have to relate this one story that just gives me goosebumps in the fact we help raise money every once in a while for Zachary's Mission, a local nonprofit organization. And your Joe has allowed us, and Candace and, and um, uh, Matt have allowed us to put uh, collection baskets in in the stores here and there. And the first time we ever oh, put yeah, yeah. a bottle, a, a jar in the store at the Robinson store, your employee, one of your, are you to call him backline? I think, right, you know what? Yep. Yeah, he's a line cook. A, a line mm-hmm. cook walked up and put the first $5 bill Both into times. the jar. Both, Both times. He's from the Robinson. And it gives me goosebumps to tell you that. It sounds weird, but it's so amazing to know that that guy back there in the line cook said, I want to be first to do yeah. this. And that's the part, I think, we want to tell you that story because that's the part where your positive vibes go all the way to the line cook there at Robinson. Well, true story. No, you know what? That's, I'll tell you, that starts with Joe Bilheimer and his his group over there because you want, to me, you won't find a better guy. And, and he gets it. And all we ever want to do in this business is be around people who get it because we all have to kind of feed off of that same energy and, and being in customer service and being in, in the restaurant business, like we're, we're a very kind of closed minded group when it comes, because all we want to do is make people happy. That's our mm-hmm. sole mission in life. And no matter what it is. And when that gauntlet gets thrown down, is like how this, what I love is when you hear a server will come in and say, Oh, these people are so difficult. I'm like, why? They're so demanding. They, they, they want everything just so. I'm like, well, then that's easy. You just do it just so. And you don't have to read their minds. They tell you what they, true. If they tell you exactly what they want and you just give them exactly what they want. Your job just got 10 times easier. And they look at it that way and they go, oh, my God, you're absolutely right. Yeah. All I have true. to do is ex- exactly what they tell me to do. And I'm done. And so right. and you don't have that opportunity every time because some people come in and they're befuddled being there and you're befuddled talking with them and you're trying to figure out you and you find that common ground and you find that peace that's going to make them happy and make your job successful that's like that's what makes it click and joe's got such a great staff those people i love I love going to Pittsburgh, and I can't believe that I'm saying I love going <laughs> Do it. to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Is it because of us, Paul? I it, think it's, it's us. It's 100% because of the two of you but <laughs> and the guy over at the radio station. But it's having, yeah. but it's having that, that opportunity to be around like-minded people and really getting it and, and, and exchanging the stories of like, hey, this popped up and we did this. And you're like, oh, my God, I wish that I thought of that. That was awesome. And you have those right. moments and it's just, it's great to be around people who care the way you care and the, the feel the way you feel. Right. Well, we love working with the gang over there. All right. So we have a rapid fire, uh, kind of style Yikes. here going here. That requires, so just a couple that re- requires some level of competence that I don't know if I can muster. These are Paul, easy. did you notice he didn't warn you of this prior? No, no, no. I, I, I looked at all my prep work that I had to do and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Please, yes, please don't hold this against Leslie because it was, yeah. it was, oh, I, yeah. Le- you Le- didn't, you didn't I, I, I blame Leslie for everything. <laughs> All, All right. right. First thing you said when you found out Brady wasn't coming back to the Patriots. First word. Thank you. Keep it. <laughs> really? Okay. All thank, right. thank you for right. everything that he brought to the New England Patriots. Yeah. He deserves, yeah. he deserves that first and foremost. 
Whatever he does yeah. with his life, he it's, it's it's completely his right, and he's earned everything. Sure. I can't I. If he was in front of me, he would never buy a drink, even if even the avocado ice cream or whatever. But <laughs> he, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything that he brought, the love, the passion, the dedication, the hard work, the, everything, the magic that he brought. How can you, That's awesome. how can you say anything else? Anybody who says anything else? Yeah, it's, it's painful because he's our guy, but you know what? Right. It's his it's his life and he's earned everything that that his life brings to him. He can go out and, and, and do whatever he wants with his time. But thank you for everything that he brought us because he made our lives better. And, Paul, I liken it to when Franco Harris left the Steelers to go play for the Seahawks. They're like, oh, my God, what a punch in the face. You know, that emotional, emotional But did thing. you but say thank you? you? Trust that's yeah, pretty cool. But do you think? Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't, look, what, look what Franco Harris brought us. All right, next I question. wasn't born. Um, okay. It's <laughs> hard to be quiet, Paul. Uh, I don't know if that was the right answer you were looking for. But, yes, no, it was. It, it was perfect. It, it stings, though, because, you know, we're yeah. going to miss him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No All right. So when you're not cooking, what are you doing? What's that favorite pastime? Do you have another hobby that people need to know about? Uh, I'm a lumberjack in my spare time. You are not. <laughs> yeah, Do you know that Monty I've, Python I've got, song? I've got, I've got the boots with the spikes in them. I've got the big belt. I've got the big saw. <laughs> We're all picturing it. The theater of the mind is perfect. Yes. We're going to have to do I, I, some kind of um, meme. If you want to do the axe throwing, I would stay far away. Okay. All right. So funny. Okay. Um, um, I, I, what about? I, I would work. <laughs> all right. Yes. I uh, got it. All right. Uh, Crocs in the kitchen or no? Um, they're, they're Birkenstocks. They're, they're, oh, okay. Yeah, they're, not, yeah, they're only, only because I always have my, I always have my shoes on because they keep me from falling on my keister. Oh, there you go. And, you know, you <laughs> mentioned this at the beginning. Better safe than I sorry. To, <laughs> yeah. I have to ask you this because you mentioned in the beginning, you know, your English muffin story. So when you're making the perfect English muffin pizza, which we did in my house as well, did you use prego or ragu and what kind of cheese? Uh, Please don't say ketchup. Come on, really? So, <laughs> like... I don't even have a response for that. Ketchup? That's no. tomato sauce. Um, oh, that is so true. That's a good answer. So when we were kids, there was, because I'm old, um, we, it was ragu. Rag, ragu was, okay. ragu was the, the, sauce, the sauce, the instance when my parents weren't making sauce, that's basically what we used. Uh, okay. And government sauce. cheese? Uh, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> oh. You got to have mozzarella cheese on pizza okay yeah to me that's yeah that was that that was the splurge cheese but it mozzarella cheese you know most mozzarella cheese is about the same as government cheese and cost so it wasn't (laughs) there you go (laughs) all right uh now we're coming up in in pittsburgh area here this doesn't seem very rapid fire by the way you're right. Well, you're right. It is. It, it, we're not being we're, rapid. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just quick. You, you might want to rename it because people have kind of a, they're expecting <laughs> kind of fire. You know, question, question, question. Oh. <laughs> I love the pew pew pew. Uh, all right, so Paul, we are getting ready to change from red to yellow here in Pennsylvania. That means like we can start changing things and improving things the way we go. So our question of the day comes from that. 
So since we're moving into the yellow phase, <clears throat> Pittsburghers get to open up a, a few more things. Obviously not restaurants, but, you know, a few more things. And so with the color yellow, we ask you, what is your favorite thing that's yellow? I'm guessing that you're going to say something in the kitchen like mustard. Prove me wrong. Favorite did you really think, yellow. did you think about this question oh, before you asked? Because it doesn't have like much forethought went into this question. What? <laughs> we have to do okay, this, ready? Paul. This is part. What, I'm ready. ready. What do you like that's yellow? <laughs> that's basically the question you just asked me. I am because everyone else on this podcast is going to be here in Pittsburgh and they're going to be so stoked that we're in yellow. They're going to be like, oh, anything yellow, like, you know, lemonade and this and this. But you, you know, it's going to be a little different, right? It's going to be kitcheny. Someone's going to say steel or yellow. You, you, I know you, it. You, Not Paul. Yeah. Bruins you, yellow. You, you wanna, you wanna hear the God's honest truth? Yes. Yep. Um, when I think of yellow, I think of one thing and one thing only. Um, when we were, Boy. when my son and daughter were very young, we would sit in a restaurant and we would play I Spy. And every, okay. every time. My son would, it would be his turn. He would say, I spy something yellow. Oh. That's so cute. Every, <laughs> every time. So if you say what, like when you mention yellow, the first place my mind goes to is that. Oh, my And that God. is the perfect anecdote. Yeah. Not only, I mean, chef extraordinaire and perfect dad. I, 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 yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't go, don't don't buy either one of those. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I do the best I can with what little gifts the good Lord's given me, so. Yeah, or the or the questions you get. You can only yeah. do with what questions yeah, yeah, you're yeah, given, Paul. Exactly. It, 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 it kind of goes both ways here, but I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> right, you lower Brian. yourself to the talent available, right? Oh, <laughs> too funny. Yeah. Paul. Uh, Paul, before we let you go, we know we've taught you some Pittsburghese on the TV show in Market Square. Can we get you to just give us a yeah, jag-off he phrase? He doesn't say like, that, come to world. We, I know, but we can maybe teach him. So come to Wahlburgers, yeah, jag-off. Can we get you to do that, do you think? Or is that crossing a line? Come to Wahlburgers, yeah, jag-off. Okay. <laughs> wow. You guys, like, I, I'm. you must have been up for hours working on this material. <laughs> We're, this is seven days of preparation seven and four days? writers. Wow. I'm, four I, writers. I, I swear it would have taken longer. <laughs> You're the best, uh, Paul, Paul Thank you so much for coming guys, on today. And I, 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 I really look forward to seeing you face-to-face uh, -face because you guys have always been so great with us, and thank you for having me. Well, oh, our and thank, pleasure. And back at you. We really appreciate all you do for here. All right. Stay here safe and my best to all to, to everyone. I see the pictures on the wall so So uh, we hit our last Facebook Live, which was crazy good, yes. the, no doubt about it. And Clinton Clegg was a part of that from the common heart. And uh, we, even despite the fact that we bagged off of it because your computer died, <laughs> and people can go watch that on Facebook, the yeah. rerun, but Clinton and Bill Crawford and Marcus Cox just picked up the ball and ran with it. And then we said, would you like to come on something else with us? And Clinton Clegg <laughs> said, yes, I'd like to well, try that we, again. We trapped him. I mean, we, we didn't really give him much of a chance, but yeah, but we were fortunate.
fortunate enough to have them last year around this time. It right. must be the thing we do. Spring starts to arrive, and we go to the Clinton Clegg. It's like the Arts Festival, Clinton yeah. Clegg Arts Festival rain. There you so go. welcome to the Jagoff Podcast. Welcome back, Clinton Clegg from the Common Heart. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel like an official regular. <laughs> uh, right. It becomes the Saturday Night Live thing, Clinton. You know, like how many times have you been on kind of thing. But we're excited because if you've been on, that means we are doing something right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as so, long as you say so. <laughs> we do say so. We do say so. And listen, we've talked about this off air, you know, quite a few times. We're obviously still in the, the weird stages of the pandemic. Nobody really knows what the yellow stuff means. And it has exceptionally affected folks like yourself who perform for a living. But everywhere we looked, we saw you just like, just like if it was normal times and you were performing out, what was that like for you? And I, I, I know the answer, right? It sucked for all of us, but have you kind of gotten into a groove now where you're like, I just love performing that much that this is, this is a new platform for me. Uh, if I'm being honest, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm still completely uncomfortable. I'm weirded out. I have no <laughs> sense of security, but I'm doing it all with a smile. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but I'm not, I, I have to be honest about it. I'm, I'm, I'm fearful for our, our venues. I'm fearful for our industry. I'm fearful for every artist um, right now. Sure. And it's, you know, I, I just, you know, I just, I'm finding my way through it and I am finding a groove and different outlets. Um, but not comfortable is not the word I'd use. <laughs> sure. So I, I understand that. I know there's a vibe to live music and all that. So what do you think you miss? the most at this point or maybe it's all the same you know there, there's the crowd vibe that you get with from the feedback the instantaneous feedback there's the band vibe there's the vibe of just being at a particular venue around town right so what do you think you miss most out of those three i don't know about all of those i mean all those three things are great and I okay love, i miss performing i miss doing it. the thing but the thing i miss the most is having a pass like i, uh. I feel like you know i i I feel like my whole sense of drive and trying to get, you know, trying to be a better band, be a more sustainable band, a more successful band and all that, you know, you're kind of on this chase and you're working small rooms and you're getting a little bigger rooms and you're on this drive and people are like, what are you trying to be a musician for? It's impossible. And you're just kind of <laughs> like, ah, I can do this. And you take it all on and, and you're like, but you, at all that time, I had a vision of, Hey, this could be a sustainable thing for me. I'd like to, you know, make it, but that's all gone. That's, that's what I miss the most. It's just like, I'm, everything is not that my drive's gone, but like the, yeah. the path is gone. I don't mm. see yeah. any exits on the highway right now. Yeah. It's like the lawnmower restarting at, at, at the, end, the beginning or the end of winter, right? You just have to figure out, okay, this is a, this is going to be a cold start. And, uh, and you know, I, it's interesting that maybe as a performer, you're watching, are you watching other states open up earlier? So maybe you could get to a, a live a venue question. earlier yeah. than you might get here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we've had a few things come across our table from states, you know, um, North Carolina, West Virginia, some of the, you know, states with some better numbers that are doing things a little bit of a different way. Um, haven't entirely known how to respond to those just yet. And I think it's, you know, cause every day, you know, every day to every week in this thing is, is such a, can be such a different page turn, you know, you're, yeah. 
you're not quite sure on on any of those decisions and it will it be fall will it be next year will it you know you know we have it's just it's a real crapshoot and there's nothing there's the certainties are so low you're i'm hesitant to commit to anything sure uh, in the meantime, stress and strife uh, causes comedians and musicians and actors to kind of dig deep and, and come marketing up, podcasters uh, yeah, <laughs> to come up with something brilliant. So, do you think that oh, you know, know that's what you were you're, you're going to come out with some hugely hit song out of this because of what everybody's because going sometimes through. you have, have you to had, slow down. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. have you has yeah. it caused you guys to get together and say, "Wow, this is really what we're going to fine tune." Yeah, well, we've been we you know even pre-pandemic i've been writing the third common heart record and now that i've had you know when it when we first got shut down i uh <clears throat> kind of dug in and, and was really starting to get more things done and i'm gonna you know we're gonna come out of this thing with a record that's that's my promise and my goal because you know rarely do i have uh three to six months in pittsburgh um mm-hmm. and right. to have to not have my nights swamped with highways and um, gas stations but the the so I, I my goal and motivation to and the positive way i'm looking at it is i'm coming out of this thing with a record i got a ton of material we're working on it behind the scenes so hopefully we'll at the end of this thing when we're all back to normal and well you know the new normal or whatever they call it now we'll we'll be celebrating a new common heart record and that's, and I as opposed that's to a baby, going, right? Right, oh. right, right. Because <laughs> right? people say nine months from now, they're going to be lots of babies. Nine months from now, Common Heart's going to have a hit record. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's my baby. That's your baby. <laughs> Understood. And I think that's the best part. Everybody's coming up with these goals because you almost are forced to. You're put in that position where it's like, okay, I can complain, stomp my feet, do my thing, but it's the reality. And so it's how you deal with it. And you're a hustler, bro. So I have no doubt that you're going to come out of this with a killer record. And I have to say, even from hearing you before live, obviously multiple times, but the other night, as John was referencing, listening to you it was i i can't explain it it was like um you just sounded so clear and concise and it was like everybody stopped and was listening and not just by the numbers could we tell you could tell by the people's comments that they were really taking the time to just hear you and i just think that that's that's another you know reason that the pandemic sort of birthed that right because you've you've fine-tuned your craft and maybe you don't even realize it I don't know about. It. I appreciate you saying that. I, I and I enjoyed singing on the show, and I love. I, I do. I think people are always looking for something through this. Uh, sure. I, you know, I'm. You know, I, I just, I just like singing. That's yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> now, did you always sing with that like kind of that raspy, soulful, bluesy, or did you start out doing something else? I don't remember if we ever asked you that before. I had this real tight falsetta, and then I start, then they were like, here's some cigarettes and some whiskey. <laughs> that was a good answer. <laughs> get, get that, cause it just, my, my, my initial voice didn't suit my frame. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's, that's fine. That's a true story, right? I love it. <laughs> now, I'm just kidding around. I, I didn't, I never really sang. I kind of grew into it. It was a different thing, but it kind of came around like in the last, like 10 years or so, but, when I, when I first started, I never, I wasn't even singing. I was rapping. Hmm? Oh, really? I was really into, was really into hip hop music. I, I, but I was, you know, 14. Oh, my God. <laughs> were you good at it? 
Uh, no. Yeah, I feel like you would. I mean, be. I feel like you would be only no, because I you're don't. so particular. You know, you're yeah. at, at you're good at your craft. That no matter you're one of those people, no matter what you did, you'd be good at. So that's funny. And then, then speaking of the band, the Common Heart. At this point, there are so many pieces to the band and so many segments to the music. At this point, is this what you envisioned when you started writing songs, or did it? You know. The band started, and you had a drummer, and you had the basics, and somebody said, "Well, I've got this horn section." Did, tell me how that evolved. Yeah, the, uh, the story's funny. Me and the drummer started the band, and we were uh, a four-piece, and um, and then we we were going to do our big debut Pittsburgh show at Club Cafe. We were, we were so excited. We were going to go down and have our huge thing, and we're like, "Oh, let's just for this show, just just for this show today, we're going to." have some horns oh okay cool and then we're like oh and why don't we just for this show why don't we just have a couple <laughs> of these girls come down and sing some background vocals and we'll be like an old r&b band with a big um, and i'm just like oh, okay cool and then we did that show and then you just can't unhear it and you're um when everybody was down to stick around so they did and um the paychecks kept shrinking and shrinking and we, <laughs> so we were we were all, but the sound kept growing bigger and bigger, and we were into that. So, we, you know, we, everybody was into it, so we've been kind of turning it into what it is now. And, you know, to use one of John's lines, and it usually drives me crazy when he says this, but it, it kind of applies. Not to make you choose like you would your favorite child, because it can't happen, right? You can't say who your favorite kid is. But what is your favorite venue in Pittsburgh? And, and why? Or, or give us a couple of, of places. Like, you know, when we talk to local musicians, we say all the time, you know, there was once this time where, where they would aspire, Pittsburgh musicians or performers would aspire to perform at the Stanley Theater, you know, back in the day kind of thing. Whereas now, there's cafes everywhere popping up. And you hear more and more of these performers saying, well, I like just being on a bar stool at, uh, you know, whatever the place may be, the Beer Hive or something like that. What's, what's your few that you absolutely love? I have a hands down number one, but I want a, a one B is stage AE just from a sure. sheer magnitude. And we were grateful enough to Pittsburgh. We were 17 tickets away from a sellout. And that was just wow. like, wow, you should have called us. We would have bought them. <laughs> you had 17 more friends, but we were really pr- proud of that number and stage AE because we had a real coming out party um, opening for Gary Clark Jr. There. That was like yeah. one of our earliest, earliest, gigs that like really kind of got us on we were you know at that gary clark jr show we were in front of 2000 wyep listeners our our direct demographic blues and rock fans Mm -hmm. and it was like that was our real like hey pittsburgh we're we're in your backyard what's up and and people responded but my number one place hands down is mr small's theater because i came up there uh in a bunch of different bands and also, that was like the first room that, you know, I remember the, the, it was like November of 16. We released our first record. The room was sold out. Somebody told me that there was a line at the door of people that couldn't get in. And I was like, man, that's and it was just such a you have to understand that I've been in I've played that room with five people in it. Mm-hmm. I played that, room, you know, <laughs> And then just to, to come to that turn in that room, um, it'll always be number one. And I just love the aesthetic of it. Our drummer got married there. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it was, uh, yeah, it, 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 and my, actually another good friend of mine got married there. So 
a lot of a lot of family memories there, a lot of good musical lessons and seeing almost like a graduation come around. So yeah, Mr. Smalls is my is my joint. The owners are so great and just I, I love that place. And one more, I'm going to follow up on Rachel's question because that was a really good one and I'm going to steal because part of it. it's normally yours. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then we have to have you talk about the song we're listening to today. But, um, so if you had to add, pick one instrument to add to a song, mm-hmm. what would that be? And, and you can even say voice as an instrument. Oh, I'm such a, I'm such a guilty, I'm so guilty of just loving, I want horns on everything. I knew you were going to have Me too. Yeah. yeah. And my dad and always does that too. Yeah, it's like when I when I write a song, the first thing I hear is horn melodies. Like they're, you know, if I sit and write a song with an acoustic guitar, and I do it, you know, once the melody of the vocals are done, and then I just my first my next instrument is like, what are the horns going to do? Because I just I don't know. I think they're such a, I mean, just a great instrument. I think they're just setting some songs apart, you know. And yeah. Just, I, I, I'm obsessed with, with I love it. Yeah. That's uh, a good question, John. I'll give you that. Thanks, Reach. And so we reminded you before we, we actually started recording that you were on Pittsburgh Today Live. And I love the fact that you are so involved and so into so many different Pittsburgh things that you weren't sure when it aired because you knew it was happening. <laughs> but we talked about the, the mom's rock and you said, oh, yeah, that's one of my favorite things right now. Tell us a little bit about what that is. And that's the song that we're hearing. What's the background to that? Yes. Yeah, so Mom's Rock Challenge, um, it was a essentially like a kind of a social media hashtag um, movement to raise some funds for McGee's Women's um, Research Institute, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of... Um, I learned of it from Randy Bauman from DVE, and then I saw all his um, co-workers up at the radio stations, like Abby from the X, and you know I, th- I think the the iHeart folks were really running with it um, to promote and put out this movement to raise some money, and um, it was just a really cool thing. And I I got the you know it was kind of one of those social media movements where you you know you tag some people and kind of push them to write a song, and um, I was one of those, and I. I was home. It was the pandemic. Yeah, right. I was so bored. I was like, (laughs) what am I going to do today? And then I just sat down at 10 in the morning. And then six hours later, I had a song. And um, my wife was helping me write it. Um, And I just came up with this, you know, cool song for my mom. And it was like a few days before Mother's Day. So I was stoked that I didn't have to pay for a gift. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That was good. (laughs) And uh, it, it was it was good. It was so much fun. And I love the song. I think it's probably going to get, it might get, um, put on the, uh, on the ballad box to get into the common hearts rotation. But it's, it's a, it's a fun song called, um, I'm going to count to three. And I think that most Southwestern Pennsylvania people can relate to, um, you know, yep. when your mother's yelling at you and she gives you the, I'm going to count to three. With a wooden spoon in her hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love She's it. Coming. That's awesome. That's uh, right. That's okay. right. That's the perfect so, gift, too. I Man, now I'm going to go kick my boys and tell them they should be songwriters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's too cool. 
So listen, we could keep you on day after day, podcast after podcast, because you truly are hands down one of our favorites. We love chatting with you, so you have to come on more often. And we're going to have some kind of celebratory something when this is normal, quote unquote, and you're going to have to be the headliner. So we'll think about what that is. But in the meantime, we can't let you go without the question of the day. So tell everybody where they follow you, and then we'll hit you with the question of the day. Right on. So yeah, uh, so give a follow on Facebook to The Common Heart. Check out The Common Heart on Instagram or on Twitter. And then I got my own personal Twitter, Clegg Clegg. And then I got my own personal Instagram, Clegg's and Eggs. Or I, I like to that. post all kinds of little, uh, you know, fun uh, fun songs and silly photos. And, yeah, follow all that stuff. All of it. We'll put it in the show notes. Colin will make sure he gets that. Okay. So we're technically celebrating the very beginnings of this yellow stage, which who in the hell even knows what it means at this point. But basically we're celebrating the fact that we're finally into yellow to celebrate that. What is your favorite thing? Anything that's yellow from, you know, favorite food to favorite, you know, maybe you have a yellow guitar. What is your favorite thing that's yellow in celebration of yellow? Oh man. Let me think about that one. I don't want to put my favorite yellow thing. Oh, probably. Oh, that's as easy. Craft singles cheese. Oh, <laughs> that was such <laughs> a good, a good answer. One. Oh, that was God. such a good yeah. answer. I don't know what mine would be because when I thought of it, I was like, this is really cool because everybody's like so stoked that we're in this, you know, medium stage. But yeah. I don't know what you I guarantee pick. you're listening to this entire podcast. And I've thought about this hard. Mine would be buttered popcorn. Yellow. Oh, yeah. Buttered you popcorn. are a popcorn guy. Yeah. I'm still at a, I'm still thinking. Clint, well, Clint, Clint, you're the John best. Go. Me and John go right to food. Right, right out. <laughs> yeah. And, and not even healthy food, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we really appreciate you being on the podcast, Clinton. And, you know, when we break out, we are. We're going to go golfing. We're going to cook. We're going to do many things with Clinton Clegg. <laughs> that can happen. <laughs> Thank you all so much for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, when you guys call, I'll answer. Oh, Woo! We love that. that. Yeah. Thank you. That was a Three good o'clock, ending. 3.30 this morning. Get ready. <laughs> Yeah, right. So thanks once again to Doug Durda, Yin's Love Barbecue. Four years. What do you do for four years, Rachel? I don't even know. Is it paper? Is it what? I don't know what that is, but we're four years, right, this year? Yeah, that would be true. Yeah. That's crazy. So we'll have to do some kind of celebration. And thanks to Doug, as always, for giving us time and for making our mouths water time after time with his... His yumminess in Texas talk. Yeah, I didn't sound like him. No, it sounded like more like me. But how cool that we found out like what this song was all about that we're listening to. So super excited. And thanks to Wahlburgers Corporate and the Wahlburger family for having Paul Wahlberg give us a little bit of his time and talk Pittsburgh and how much Wahlburgers is helping through the pandemic here in Pittsburgh. And of course, thanks to our sponsor, Rorik Honda. Make, color, model, new, used, leased, or ready for purchase. All are questions to discuss with your personal sales rep at Rorik Honda. And online sales are a full go. And the sales reps welcome any questions to enhance the car buying or leasing experience. Plus, the Rorik Advantage is the biggest perk to any deal. Visit Rorik.com for all of your vehicle needs. When you have enough Oh, I know 
remembering all the things that you've done for me. 